Hello, it's Marilee, and we are back with On the Wings of Love podcast. So I know I've been away for a really long time, uh, moving, life, you know, it happens. And so I want to start again with, um, this is the new season for Hannah. Um, today we're just going to talk about the Bachelorette reunion. Uh, before we get to Hannah's entire season, which I cannot wait for, um, I'm not sure if you listening. I'd love to get a poll. So I'm going to post a poll on my page uh, tonight um, and uh, see, are you excited for Hannah? Are you not excited for Hannah? Um, I think I'm just going to keep posting it weekly to get you know, feedback from everyone if you're excited for this Bachelorette choice or if you're not. Um, but I'm so excited. Uh, anyone who knows me, knew, like kind of knew instinctually, like you love this girl. You love this Hannah Beast girl. And I do. I think she's so real. Um, she is funny and quirky and just true to herself. So um, yeah, I just, and, and not to mention she's a Christian and is open about her faith. And I think that's just so um, honest and a vulnerable place to be, you know, she could definitely have people are like, oh yeah, I like Jesus, but I don't. And that, excuse me, could be offensive. So I think that Hannah is just great. Uh, but we are not going to get to Hannah quite yet. Uh, we have several things to cover, um, in the bachelor reunion. Uh, we're going to talk about the tour and the flashbacks, um, to former, bachelorettes and we're gonna kind of see where are they now for Allie, Caitlin, Deanna, and Jillian and I'm gonna give you guys some more feedback on those four bachelorettes in addition to what the show gave y'all. Next we're gonna talk about the bad boys of Bachelor Nation and um, what we can and cannot predict for the future. Then who's getting married this summer uh, and then finally, um, before we get to the vend, I'm going to do, um, a new segment, um, every episode from here on out, um, on where are they now? So today I'm going to cover, uh, Tierra. Her name's Tierra Lacazzi. Um, she was on Sean Lowe's season, but we are going to just do a little deep dive into Tierra. So if you don't remember her, I will tell you all about her. Um, and, uh, finally confessions, confessions are the best. Um, so yeah, I'm going to share with you guys some that were on this episode and then some that I've received elsewhere. So anyway, can't wait to move forward and let's just get right to it. Okay. Okay. So the first thing in the episode is we see a bachelor tour bus, which is so cool. Uh, this reminded me so much of the Sex and the City tour bus. I don't know if anyone listening is a big Sex and the City fan, but I am a huge Sex and the City fan. And when I was, I want to say 18, um, I was living in uh, Virginia at the time and I came up to New York for a weekend and I had to do the Sex and the City tour. You know, it was like one of those iconic things where you go to different spots. I think they took us to like a bar, um, and we had a cosmopolitan if we were of age, uh, and they gave, we went to Magnolia's bakery, which to this day is one of my favorite bakeries in the city. Um, they do great banana pudding, but on sex and city, they did cupcakes. Um, 
anyway, I'm digressing. But the point is, um, Sex and City tour bus, like, they, you had a tour guide. They drove around New York City for, I don't know, two hours or so. And you went to different spots that the girls on Sex and City went to. Well, this is literally what Chris Harrison's doing. And freaking brilliant. Like, the producers of The Bachelor... I just think they're being really smart. I've heard like some really interesting things they're doing with um, social media nowadays to keep up with the pace of social media and um, current, you know, just our culture and how that's how we interact with television through social media. So I think they're doing a great job of like connecting us through social media and um, this interactive experience now with a tour bus. So I've heard it's still going on. if you're in the LA region and you know more information about this, I would love for you to write to me. Uh, again, my handle's Merrily at Merrily17. DM me privately. Um, yeah, and maybe we can even get on a call and talk about it. But um, anyway, I love this idea. I thought it was so fun and really cool for those, um, you know, 50 or so people who were on the bus and got to go to the mansion and. Um, meet all the women. So anyway, I thought that was really cute. Um, yeah. So, you know, the episode of this reunion, first of all, if you're going to watch this season at all, I hope you listen to this episode. Um, because I'm kind of recapping what you watched in an hour or two hours of television in a 30 minute little episode, adding other content. But, um, I mean, basically, it just went through uh, 12 of the 14 former Bachelorettes. Um, Hannah's number 15 now. And um, the only two missing from this episode were uh, Meredith. Um, I think it was Meredith Schiff. Um, I forget Meredith's last name. And then the other one is Jen Chef. Uh, they are two of the earliest Bachelorettes. Um, I watched them both, personally. Um and I really liked them. I really liked Meredith back then. I wasn't a huge fan of Jen. Um, but anyway, I think they, it's just said uh, publicly that they were not available for the taping and that it's really hard to get all the girls together for the taping. But quite frankly, Jen and Meredith haven't really been public um, in years. And I mean this, in years. Like, Meredith has been completely off the grid for a long time. And then Jen, um, Jen Chef, um, so she, like, I think she didn't, she didn't pick anyone. She was the bachelorette who never, who didn't pick any of her suitors. Uh, very much like Brad Womack. Anyway, um, she, uh didn't pick anyone, but then, like, later was engaged, so, you know, maybe I'll do a deep dive into the two of these ladies at some point, but they were not on the episode tonight, um, and instead, all other, uh, let's do the math, 12 other women (laughs) were on TV tonight, um, and so we did a deep dive into four of them, um, formerly, um, I'll give you their former and some of their current names, so Ali Fedotowski, Caitlin Bristow, Deanna Pappas, and Jillian Harris. So um, I just thought it'd be great to give you a little update on these four women um, who I just adore. Um, I follow all of them, actually. Uh, so Allie Fedotowski, um, 
she lives in the LA area. She works for like a home and garden TV show. And so she's like a news anchor. Um, she also like is at home with her kids. And I know she sells a lot of stuff on social media on her Instagram, but, um, you know, on TV tonight, she just marketed herself as I'm a mom and I have two kids and I'm married. And so basically she and her husband, Kevin, who is, um, he's either an anchor or a producer with this, this radio station called Valentine in the morning in California. Again, you're probably listening to this going, how do you know all this information? This was not on TV. You're right, guys. This is why I have a podcast because I know way too much. <laughs> but, uh, so Kevin, her husband, um, and Allie, uh, got pregnant when they were just dating. Uh, I believe they were engaged, but they were definitely not married yet. And so they got pregnant, they had their baby, and then they just had this really long engagement because they had Molly, their little, almost their three-year-old now. Um, and then they later got married when Molly was several months old. I think she was like five months old when they got married. So anyway, Allie is just has such positive, lovely energy. Um, if y'all remember, she was like the really fit bachelorette. She played soccer in college. And so when she was on the bachelorette, it was like, she was like, you know, really buff and fit. And all the girls thought she was, all the guys thought she was super sexy and all the girls too, of course. Right. We were like, can I have her abs? Um, or at least I thought that. So that's Allie has the most adorable children. Um, Molly is adorable, um, literally. So um, go follow Ali Fedotowski. Um, and then they, the, sorry, I'm deep diving into all four of these ladies, but the next is Caitlin Bristow, who y'all would probably remember she was engaged to Sean Lowe. Uh, they were together for three and a half years, which is quite some time. Um, they recently broke up in the fall, officially in like October and then, or maybe even September actually. Um, but they broke up in the fall of 2018. She met Jason Tartik on her podcast about like two months later, um, just as a normal interview at this point, right? Jason had just come off Becca's season and in the bachelor world, this is really common. You know, the top few people on a season will come on other people's podcast. Well, she met Jason and um, he had a crush on her and she thought he was like such a nice guy. And um, yeah, they became friends. And then within a month or two, it was pretty public. They were like, hey, we're going on a first date which is interesting, but it worked and they have great chemistry and, uh, they both seem to be in love. So we're really happy for her. Um, she has said on her podcast before that she thinks, and this is Caitlin Bristow talking, she thinks she went on the bachelor to meet Jason, not to meet Sean, but like ultimately to be led to Jason, which is just really adorable. So, um, we just hope the best for them. Um, Caitlin lives in Nashville. Jason lives in Seattle, um, long distance, but it can work. I did it. So many people do it. It's great. So, (laughs) um, next we have Deanna Pappas, now Stagliano, her story. Basically she was the girl who was on Brad Womack season. He dumped both women, didn't pick a woman at all. 
Then she became the bachelorette. Um, she obviously got engaged to her guy, as most of the women do, but they broke up. Um, and fast forward, her husband is this guy, Steven Stagliano, whose twin brother was on The Bachelorette. So she met her husband through The Bachelorette, which is amazing. Her kids are also adorable. Um, she's two little kids, um, lives in Georgia, just seems like a really God-fearing woman. And, um, yeah. I, I don't really, you know, she doesn't really elaborate too much about her life, so there's not really much more to say about Deanna, but um, that's Deanna uh, Pappas. And next we have Jillian Harris, I think my favorite bachelorette of all time. Um, she is just a baller. Like, you might be going, well, what about Caitlin Bristow, or what about, like, um, I don't know. A lot of people love JoJo or they love Rachel. Let me tell you, Jillian Harris was the first Spitfire bachelorette. She was the first one to be really bold and ballsy and like okay with her sexuality. And um, yeah, I mean, she really pushed the limits as as far as like what she did on TV, what she said. Um, and then even after the show, just being really raw. So she went on the season. She went on the show. Um, I mean, they showed her getting engaged to Ed, who she ended up dating for a year, maybe a little longer than a year, um, in Chicago. They moved in together. They broke up. Ultimately, then she went back to Canada and um, continued her interior designing career and was on like extreme home makeover for years. Um, and she would, you know, go around the country, you know, that TV show, um, where they went to different people's homes and redid them. She did that for years. Um, now she has a show called love it or list it Vancouver. Um, but Jillian is awesome. She has two kids with her, um, fiance. Um, they've been together for years. Um, and her oldest, Leo, is literally, just look at this child. Go to Jillian Harris's page. He's like the most beautiful little boy. He's adorable. He's beautiful. She dresses him up so cutely. Um, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> you know when you see certain kids, you're like, that makes me want to have a child. Like, this kid will make you want to have kids. Right? But then, of course, there's going to be moments where you're like, that is birth control. Like, ugh kids but if you already have kids you know what I'm talking about um so anyway her kids are adorable um she's very happy and she's a rock star she has a jewelry line she has a clothing line she um sells a ton of things on her Facebook and Instagram and mind you she was the bachelorette 10 years ago so we see people selling things on their Instagram now in the last few years she was really ahead of the game like really marketing her career from the start she has just kind of gone from interior designing what she still does to so many other things um but she's just a rock star so that's Jillian and um anyway I hope you love my bachelorette recap uh next we're going to go talk about the bad boys of The Bachelor at. <laughs> All right, so bad boys from Bachelorette past. So before I jump into the segment, I want to share that one of the guys they talked about a bit was this Chris Batowski. 
Chris is uh, lives in Chicago, has been there for years, and he has been on the Bachelor or Bachelorette franchise shows for five times. Um, they showed him on Emily's season, on Andy's season, on Bachelor Pad, and then Bachelor in Paradise seasons one and two, which is insane, right? Like you're like, dude, get a life. Um, anyway, <laughs> he has a life now. I hope. And, uh, they wrote him up as the first guy who retired from Bachelor Nation. Um, I thought that was pretty funny, um, when that happened a few years ago, but he was kind of like one of the bad boys. So I kind of want to include him in this list. Um, but I'm just going to tap on like a few guys real quick. So one is Wes. Um, Wes was from Jillian season. Remember I I was telling y'all about Jillian Harris, how she's like my favorite bachelorette. Well, there was a guy in her top four um, named Wes, and he was a singer-songwriter, and he seemed really into her, and, you know, if you were watching the show, he didn't do anything to make you believe, like, he's not a good guy. It really wasn't until, like, the end, like, and by the end, I mean the end of his time on the show, that you were like, ooh, this is kind of fishy. Like, is he there for the right reasons? Because almost every time he had with her, he would, like, play her a song. And you could be like, oh, that's really sweet. They really like me. But then, let's be real. Like, okay, just ask yourself this first. One, have you ever dated, like, a comedian or an actor or a singer? Okay, if the answer is yes, and if every time you've hung out with them, they were like, hey, like, let me test my material on you. Wouldn't you be like, dude, like, what? Like are you using me like just to make sure you're what you're doing is landing or are you like what's the point of us dating like are you just trying to show me your material or are you actually into me uh and you know all girls want to be asked questions so <coughs> anyway Wes was he ended up towards the end, you kind of got the feeling like, why is this guy singing all the time? Is he really into Jillian? He pretty much just wanted to make out with her and play music. And whenever she'd ask him like deeper questions, he kind of averted the conversation. So fast forward, he got kicked off after hometowns and he was the first guy to make it through hometowns having a girlfriend. Like he literally had a girlfriend the whole time. So, look, I don't want to give all singer-songwriters a horrible, bad rap. Um, There were some back on JoJo season. There was a guy, James, from Nashville. There have just been a few through the years um, who seemed like sweet, legit guys. But my my antenna's up with anyone who's going to market themselves as, like, an actor or a singer-songwriter or a model – just because they could be egotistical. They could be totally normal. Trust me. There's plenty of really normal actors and models. But this guy Jed on Hannah's um, season. I have no idea how far he will make it. Um, don't know much about him. But just a little teaser. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm kind of like uh, wary of him. It just says that. On his bio, Jed finds it easiest to express his feelings and be vulnerable through his music. But after his last relationship ended terribly, Jed stopped making music and said it was one of the hardest times of his life. Will Hannah be able to help this songbird sing again? 
So to me, that just reads like he's, you know, playing up this like, oh, I haven't written music in a while. Maybe Hannah will motivate me to like write new material because I'm so in love with her. I don't know. I'm not buying it. Um, You heard it here first. My ears are perked up to this guy, Jed. I have no idea how far he goes, but always beware of a guy who is going to overmarket his abilities. And um, I have seen um, episode one while I'm recording this, and I know that he sang to her on night one. Ugh, just not a good look. Like, you don't need to show all your candy tricks. Or your, what, what did they say? Don't show your pony trick right away. Yeah, he showed his pony trick. But anyway, that was Wes way back when. We we shall see what the future will hold for Jed. Uh, another bad boy, real quick, Justin. He was rated R, alley season. Still seems like a womanizer and disgusting. So stay away from rated R wherever he is. Uh, Kaylin, also stay away from. He was an Emily Maynard season. He said that. Emily had baggage for having a child, which is just rude, <laughs> rude, rude, rude. So he's still single. He's still a loner. So I don't know if he's doing much better. Little side note, um, I heard an interview with Lindsay Cox. Lindsay Cox was on Ben Flanick's season. Um, ben, you might not remember, but you might remember Courtney Robertson. Courtney Robertson was the one, um, she was like the bad girl who went skinny dipping with the bachelorette in the ocean and then wrote a book about like, I, I didn't come here to make friends. Anyway, that was Courtney Robertson, beautiful model. She was the winner for Ben Blint, Ben Flanick season. This is years ago. So Lindsay was the runner up. Okay. So Lindsay's like the runner up to Courtney. Lindsay, fast forward a few years, became friends with Kaylin, this guy who was like the big bad boy, you could call him a D-bag, whatever you want to call him. He was the bad boy of Emily's season. Well, they dated and then, and then they broke up and they were friends, but like literally this was a podcast recorded in the last six months and Lindsay Cox said this now as a woman in her early 30s like yeah Kayla and I are still friends he's such a good guy you know if I ever called him in need he would pick up he would um, be a good friend to me um, and yeah you never know like we're, we're great friends so it seemed like she was hopeful that they might date in the future I don't know anyway all I could say to that is women put your standards high put them high because if you think you deserve um, you know, okay treatment by a guy, that's not good enough. So just aim high. Um, and finally we have, um, David. He was also a bad boy on Jillian's season. He was kind of like that, like overly aggressive macho man, um, very alpha male. And I loved, this is like a moment where I was like, Bachelor ABC, thank you so much for doing this segment on like former bachelorettes and where are they now? I never would have known this about this guy. So David, not a big deal about the guy, but here's what's really cool. He was like a D-bag on the show, very alpha male. They have a recording of him being like, oh, your, your ass is hot, you know, which is just inappropriate just to be saying that really aggressively as you're trying to make out with a woman who still has 15 guys she's dating. Um, and fast forward, he saw himself on TV. 
He realized he had been like in this alpha male environment most of his life. Um, he didn't handle himself well. He didn't like what he saw on TV, how he was really drunk a lot. So here we are years later, it's 10 years later. He has quit drinking. He's training for an Ironman. Um, and he's married and he just seems so sensitive and in love. There was no way he was faking what he showed on TV. Um, he just seemed really sweet. And his wife said she doesn't think he would have grown up without this experience. So this is literally what the show is made for. Like, to me, this is such a success story. Does It, it doesn't matter that he found or didn't find love through The Bachelor. But because of The Bachelor, he did find love with himself. And he found love in, um, in wanting to love other people well. And not the way he was loving people back when he was on the show. So it's just, I think this show is awesome. It's not just about when you're on the show. It's about what you do with it after. So that's uh, this guy, Random Guy David. So those are the bad boys of um, Bachelorette Nation. And I want to get to weddings really briefly. So um, it's it's almost June. It's still May. But... Um, it is May, and we have a few weddings coming up um, in August. Well, for one, I'm getting married. Um, I'm getting married in August of 2019. Ashley Iconetti and Jared Haybon are also getting married in August of 2019. So I'm getting married in, in New York. They're getting married in Rhode Island. And then we have Rachel and... Um, Brian Abosalo getting married in August as well. So that's just crazy. I, I love the way the world works. Um, Rachel Lindsay, if you're not following. So they did a little segment on Rachel and Brian. And um, she said they're getting married in the Caribbean in August. Um, I, I've heard her say on a podcast that she hasn't even sent invitations out or saved the dates. Um, which it's kind of late to do that <laughs> or to not have done that. So she's, she said, um, she was like, you know, I really, I, I have to send out the invitations, but, uh, I'm really hoping to like surprise people and then not everyone can come. Um, so I don't know if she's desiring a small wedding and they just have to invite a lot of people. I'm not really sure, but, um, but they are getting married, and they had a little shower for her, and several of her girlfriends um, from Nick Vial's season were there, Astrid, Whitney, Christina, and Alexis, and then randomly Ali Fedotowski and Becca Kufrin were also there, so somehow they've become friends. Um, but yeah, they just gave her lingerie, had, you know, sweets and champagne, and yeah, it was just a cute little segment for them to tape, but... Um, yeah, I thought the best part about that was seeing how real it appeared to be for Brian. Um, they were a couple personally, when I watched their season, I didn't buy it. that They were like really deeply in love. Um, I knew that Rachel wanted to get married. I thought she was great, but I always thought like Brian was really over the top, but he was like, always acted like they were made for each other and they it was going to be him in the end and he sh- it should be him but fast forward it's been at least two years now since she was the bachelorette and they're getting married for real uh 
I just thought it was adorably sweet how he gave her this handkerchief um, that just had a, like a little made up poem he had written about how she's his bae and anyway it was just a really sweet sentiment he like had engraved a poem on a handkerchief for her to use during the wedding so sweet so um anyway just a great idea and I hope you guys enjoyed that moment too I'd love to hear if you guys are excited for Rachel and Brian or if you could care less and you know who you're whose weddings you're excited for you know are you like super pumped to see Rachel and Brian's or Ashley and Jared's or are you just on the train of waiting and waiting for Jojo and Jordan to get married and Becca and Garrett um yeah I'd love to know like which bachelorette and her guy that she picked you're dying to see finally get married so write to me again merely 17 to let me know which wedding of 2019 or hopefully 2020 you're most looking forward to Okay, so it's time to do the where are they now segment. So I pretty much gave y'all a recap earlier of um, four of them bachelorettes uh, profile tonight, Allie, Caitlin, Deanna, and Jillian, but brief, brief update of the rest of them. Trista, I'll start backwards. Trista, the first bachelorette, OG, Colorado, married two kids, and that's her life. Deanna, Georgia, married two kids, Jillian, not married, engaged, two kids in Canada. Allie, married, two kids, California. Ashley Hubert, married, two kids, Florida. Emily Maynard, married, four kids. And she literally said she would like a fifth. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know how she does it. Um, but speaking of her, I just want to say it was a f- adorable how she said, on night one of my season, I told Chris Harrison... One day I wanted a minivan full of kids, and that's what I have. And literally, I think that's that's adorable. You know, that's we each should have our own dreams, and we do have our own dreams. And it's good to pray on those dreams and seek those dreams and do whatever you can, keeping those dreams in mind as like the root goal. And I just love that. I'm so happy for her. So they didn't really focus too much on Emily Maynard. Um, But anyway, Emily Maynard and Charlotte married and four kids. (laughs) Three with her current husband and one um, from her, not husband, but boyfriend that died in a plane crash years ago. Um, Desiree Hartstock, now Siegfried, um, married two kids And they moved to Portland, Oregon. They used to be in Seattle for years. Pretty much as soon as she got off The Bachelor, she was in Seattle with Chris. It looks like in the last six months or so, they've relocated to Portland, Oregon. So that's Desiree. Andy Dorfman, not married, no kids. New York City, single as ever, and or at least publicly. I'm sure she's dating. Um, But yeah, she lives in the West Village, um... And yeah, who knows? Single, but writing, writing books and successful. Caitlin Bristow, dating Jason Tardick, lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Jojo, uh, living with Jordan in Dallas, Texas. Of course, she's a Texas girl. And um, they have a really cute YouTube series that if I haven't told y'all too much about, we need to deep dive into that because 
that's a good little series they have. Um, and then Rachel, oh, and they're still engaged. Rachel and Brian engaged, getting married this August, which we can only hope they get pregnant soon. So maybe there'll be another bachelorette baby soon. And then finally, you have Becca Kufrin engaged with Garrett living in California. So, oh my goodness, they're all over the place. We have Colorado, Georgia, Canada, California, Florida, North Carolina, Oregon, New York, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, and California. That's where these girls live. And Hannah is coming from Alabama. So, you know what, let me, before I get into Tierra, um, I'm not sure how many of you are really interested in knowing about her. I think she's awesome. Stay tuned, because it's riveting stuff, I kid you not. But um, Hannah, Alabama, from Tuscaloosa, which is a suburb area outside of Birmingham, Alabama. I shouldn't even call it a suburb. I think it's a city unto itself. I've never been there. But, anyway, um, (laughs) Hannah... It was just a cute segment that Chris Harrison came to her house. Um, he met her father and her mother and, you know, went to the diner and Rama Jamma. Um, I thought that was adorable. Obsessed with Chris Harrison. If you're not a Chris Harrison fan, I don't know who you are. Um, you know, my fiance and I. Sorry about that, y'all. I got a call in the middle of a podcast. That happens. But, um... Yeah, I was just saying my fiance and I love Chris Harrison, um, Chris Harrison fan for life, um, and we're going to recap him a bit later, but basically loved her little hometown date, you know, going her dance studio and all of that. Um, I thought it was really interesting and sweet to hear that her father had lived, he grew up really poor and he lived in his car and he became a hairdresser because he just needed to get a job, so that's the American dream. I mean, that this man has persevered, worked really hard, uh, created a life for his daughter where she could, um, or they could afford for her to take dance classes. And then somehow, you know, she got into pageants and I just love to know more about Hannah, but, um, it, I just think her father seems like a hero, uh, probably her mother too. Um, because often those things can drive people apart, but, um, I'm not sure if he was poor before or after he met the mother, but the point is, I think it's awesome that we saw her hometown. Her father seems like a hardworking man, and who doesn't love that kind of American dream? So I'm excited to see more about Hannah. So let me get into Tierra. So Tierra Lacazzi. Most of you might not remember this girl. She was back on Sean Lowe's season. She went as far as the top five. And Tierra was the villain, or, you know, yeah, she was the villain of Sean Lowe's season. She had this thing where she was very expression, um, not expressionless. She was very expressive. Um, her eyebrows, <laughs> she's one of those people who like her face would get big and small and she'd look like she was making a stink eye, like one of those people. Um, and she would just say, well, I'm just expressive. And, um, she also said a lot like, you know, my mom said, don't let anyone dim your sparkle, Tierra. Don't let anyone dim your sparkle. Um, so taken out of context, anyone watching the show was like, 
what the heck? Is this girl like egotistical? Does she really think that highly of herself that she has a sparkle? Why is she telling other women that? You know, well, that's weird. Well, let's look at this in context. When Tierra was on the show, she was 24 years old. She was living in Las Vegas or no, she was living in Denver, but she was from Las Vegas. Um, and right off the bat, she was Sean Lowe's pick. She got the first impression rose. Um, he gave it to her when she was still like on in front of the mansion. So they walk up to the bachelor, introduce themselves, and he made her wait. So he ran back inside the house, got her a rose and gave it to her before she even walked inside. Well, we all know that is going to put a target on her back. So that's what happened. She got a target on her back. All the girls were like, oh, how did you get the rose? What did you do? And instantly other girls, I'm sure were jealous. Like this girl's the front runner. Well, fast forward, you know, whenever the show, you get to the part where there's like mm, seven or six or five people left, people start backstabbing other people. So if there's like one or two people they do not like, they let the the lead know. So what ends up happening with Tierra is they were in the top Tierra. There were five girls left and it's right before hometowns. So of course, every girl's like, I want to get the hometown card. I want to get the hometown date. Ashley Frazier, formerly Frazier, um, she went to Sean Lowe and just badmouthed Tierra um, so bad, so much that Sean came to Tierra and ended up, Tierra was like, nope, I want to leave. Like, like just upset that why would this Ashley girl talk so poorly about me? If you didn't see it, that's okay. It's very reminiscent of, um, Tia talking about Becca on Ari's season. Most recently, if y'all remember, Becca was number five, Tia was number four, uh, and I remember watching that like, ooh, Tia, like poor form. I'm not the biggest Tia guy. Just, just going to say it. I'm not the biggest Tia fan. Um, I don't like how she handled Becca then. I don't like how she went after Colton. Like, I don't know. Show some dignity. The guy should be going after you. And I hopefully she's learned that now. And like, I get it. She was young or whatever, but like, Listen to your girlfriend, Raven. Never go after a guy. Never never be, like, asking him to go on a date with you. Like, seriously, I understand being a feminist and to an element, I get it. But I definitely think it's going to work out better for you if the man in the the length of your relationship is the one pursuing you. It's one thing if you ask him out on, like, the first date or you've been friends. You're like, hey, why don't we go out? That's fine, but anyway, not a big Tia fan. So moral of the story, Tierra was not pursuing Sean Lowe ever. It was like she was one of those girls you'd watch her and think, Sean really likes her. He was pursuing her. Um, well, little things happened along the way. Um, and by the way, some of my information is coming from a podcast that Tierra Lakowski, and that's spelled T-I-E-R-R-A. Um, she did a podcast with Olivia Caridi on Olivia's uh, podcast called Mouthing Off kind of recently. It was back in July of 2018. Um, so I'm going to share some information that was revealed on that podcast. And then I'm going to give you an update. So it was revealed that number one, 
her hypothermia scare was real. So this is the season. If y'all remember, um, Sarah Heron came out of this, Leslie Murphy. They all jumped into Lake Louise in bikinis, which it was freezing, by the way. Lake Louise is in Canada. And, um, you know, they had told the women, hey, you know, you have to do it really quickly because the water is several degrees below freezing. Um, you know, you're, you are going to be liable for whatever happens to yourself if you're willing to do this, which is a crazy act. It's like, you know, bungee jumping or whatever. But um, so she did it. She jumped in well, after she was like bundled up in a towel. And all we saw on TV was that she was like, I'm really cold. I'm not feeling well. And of course, all the girls thought she was just trying to get Sean's attention and just, oh, she's just taking up his time and she's just trying to get more attention with him. Ugh, so annoying. Well, um, true story. She said like, they took my blood vial. They took my temperature. Like she was like, they showed one small part of that day. She was like, I was honestly really sick. Like the ambulance came. So that just makes me mad, like, thinking back on it. Like, they totally edited out that she was legitimately hurt um, and not feeling well. So that's just poor form on the bachelor's fault, on the bachelor's side. Um, and secondly, she also, ironically, hurt herself later in the season. She fell down the stairs. There was a part where they were in the bachelor mansion, and she fell down the stairs. And um, they called an ambulance, and they put her in a neck brace, and she counted on this podcast that I listened to that the producers, like, she fell and was like, uh, okay, my neck hurts, but, like, I can get up. And they said, no, 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 no. Like, we need to call the ambulance. Like, you could have some spinal injury. Like, we need to get this checked out. So they insisted on getting her checked out. They insisted, basically, in layman's terms, they insisted on bringing in the ambulance truck and on bringing a neck brace. And so they made that happen that she had this carved out time with Sean that wasn't her choice um and then finally like all her eyebrow thing you know fans went wild over Tierra's eyebrows and fans even have made like a fake account or not a fake account like a real account um talking about her eyebrows um which I'm not that super fan that I truly did not know about this (laughs) um but um yeah I mean she just kind of said that yeah I'm I have a lot of expression it is what it is well so let's fast forward so all right Tierra's now has to be in her late 20s because this was filmed like six or seven years ago um and she did say on this podcast with Olivia that was back in July that yeah the I Olivia asked, so we know you were publicly engaged. Um, Are you still engaged? And she said, no. Um, Olivia was like, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, she was like, yeah. She's like, well, I was really young when it happened and it just wasn't the right time and wasn't right for us, you know, and I'm, you know, glad it didn't happen. Um, And Olivia was just like, okay, got it. So are you still talking to this person? And she said, yeah, you could say that. Like, we're still involved in each other's lives. So when I heard that, to me, that was a little ding, ding, ding. She might be still dating this guy. Like maybe they broke up, they were engaged, they broke up and something's bringing them back. Maybe they're back together. So fast forward to today and we're in May. I went to Tierra's um, 
I, I found her on Instagram and um, I scrolled through her pictures and guess what I found? So here we are now in 2019. She's engaged. She is engaged and I'm almost a thousand percent positive that it's the guy she was engaged to years ago. So um, it's just really cool. His name is Anthony. They look so happy. Um, and, um, just to kind of recap a bit of her thoughts on the whole situation, um, she said, the thought of you, babe, has never left my heart. Life is too short to fall for people who don't love you loudly or for relationships that don't set fire to your soul. Our time on this earth is impertinent and that time given we must love fearlessly. They say... The person you are meant to be with will challenge you, will push you to greater heights and avenues that you were hesitant in taking. They will drive you crazy. They'll show you what real complicated love is all at the same time. That has always been us. The person who you are destined to be with will terrify you because they will make you feel something greater than anything and anyone else. So this is what we should all be reminded about. Love. You must always chase the person that scares you. Don't settle for comfort love wildly, and believe that God's timing truly is everything. Ah, I love that. (laughs) So anyway, I hope that encouraged you listeners. Um, Super happy for Tira. You know, like I said, guys, sometimes you don't have a fairy tale ending in a year or in two years or even four years, but, um, you know, keep, keep chasing your dreams of what you really deep down desire and work on yourself and, um, work on the person you want to become, not the man you want to be dating, but work on who you want to be and you will attract, uh, what you deep down desire. And if you're not attracting it, then ignore the ones who you are attracting because you deserve the best. So anyway, with that, Let's get to something fun. This has been so serious, but fun and sweet. So, ready for it? Are you ready for the confessionals? Okay, confessionals. All right, so I'm just going to go through these real quick. Number one, Rachel uh, Lindsay and her fantasy suite, she passed out with Nick Vial. All right, no big deal. Uh, Number two, Allie went on a date, date with Frank after she broke up with Roberto this is hilarious to me. So Frank was one of Allie's top three, I want to say. And he took himself out of the uh, the race for her heart, so to speak. So I don't know. All that tells me is that maybe Allie was just like feeling not good about herself and thought, well, I know I was attracted to Frank. Why don't I just go out with him again? Um, so she was with Roberto, the guy she chose for over a year. And after they broke up, she went out with Frank for a night. Um, it is what it is. You know what? We all live and learn. And it's hindsight is 50-50. And thank God she's now married to a man she loves, who's her best friend. And uh, Roberto and Frank are in the past. So another confession from JoJo was that, <laughs> disgustingly, she vomited um over the banister after her first row ceremony. That just, ah, sounds disgusting. 
All right, now I have two Caitlin um, confessions. One she gave on the show, one she didn't. Uh, this is Caitlin Bristow. So she said before she really started dating Jason, she reached out to Becca Kufrin just to make sure it was okay, which is nice. Like, hey, man, how do you feel about me dating your ex from the TV show? I'm sure she was like, have at it. I broke up with him. I'm super in love with Garrett. Go date, you know, but whatever. So she did that. Um, a better confessional, which she just didn't want to reveal her good confessionals on TV. Caitlin Bristow has a whole like confessional part of her podcast. It's pretty funny. Um, Caitlin, uh, was, so basically she had to get laser hair removal. I know, kind of gross. Um, but she had to do it. And I guess she found out that like you, you need to put on this cream to like help the process because she had had like a spray tan and you're not supposed to like mix the spray tan within a certain amount of days of your laser hair removal. So one of her friends was like, okay, you know what? No big deal. Just put on this special cream I have and put it on like the day of or the day before your laser hair remover removal. So it's like the day of her laser hair removal, okay? It's like she has an appointment set up for the afternoon. She wakes up, she does her life, and then she's like, oh, crap. Like, I didn't put the freaking cream on. And everyone's like, if you don't use this cream in advance, it's going to hurt, like, you know, a lot. So um, Caitlin put on the cream. She was like, I don't freaking have time. Like, she was driving in Nashville. And if anyone's driven in Nashville, like, a hundred people or something move there a day. So traffic's insane. It's not like this quiet city anymore. And so she was in traffic in Nashville and she was like, you know what? I'm just going to pull on the side of the road. Like, why not? This is the only time I have. I don't have time to like go somewhere and put this cream on. She pulls over the side of the road and starts applying this laser hair cream. I mean, yeah, the cream in the area where the removal is happening. Yeah, that's right. So she's applying the cream down there off the side of the road. And um, obviously this is like weird. And she's like really hoping no one sees because she's exposed. And um, she said (laughs) traffic got really bad at one point that it slowed down. And of course she had this truck like a massive semi truck next to her peering like like for a while because traffic was like standstill traffic so the truck is like right next to her she's applying this laser hair cream and she saw the truck driver and he like peeked in and looked at her and she was like oh crap oh my god oh my god so like covers herself up and wiped her face and then like later the next day was like Oh, or not the next day, but like later afternoon was like, oh, like my eyes sting. Like my eyes really hurt. And they're all like, people are friends like, oh, what, what'd you do? What'd you do? And then she realized she put the cream to go on her down there area on her eyes. So yeah, major fail, twofold fail. She's applying the cream on the side of the road. Some rando truck driver got a peep show. And two, she put, uh, nasty cream in her eyes so (laughs) Uh, anyway you heard it here 
Um, so that's Caitlin's confession. Um, anyway, um, I hope you had fun today hearing all about this. And I lastly want to just leave you with this. I do wonder that they're creating such a big ruckus over this new season. And maybe they're just trying to make sure Bachelor Nation still cares. I kind of wonder if, like, they're ready to retire the show. Or if not retire, like, give it to a new host and just kind of call it, like, a new season of the show. Like, a new chapter. So, I've been, like, mentally wondering this for a little while now. The last two seasons. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. Do you think they will get a new host? Or do you think it'll be, like, Chris Harrison till death? Um, almost like an Alex Trebek, you know, on Jeopardy. Um, I personally think that they will try to seek a new host. I think Chris has a lot of other things he likes doing going on. He has hosted other shows. Um, he likes playing golf a lot. You know, his kids are in high school. I think he probably just wants to, it's not like he needs the money. He has a bar in Dallas. Like I said, he has hosted some other shows. So, um, he's not hurting for work. Uh, so anyway, I think, here's my prediction. I predict that it'd either be Allie Fedotowski, Ashley Iconetti, or Ben Higgins. Allie, because she lives in LA and already hosts TV shows. Ashley, because she also lives in LA. And, um, the only negative I have against Ashley is that she's currently doing her own TV show with Jade Tanner, um, and Nick Vial and Dean Unglert. Like a, like a TV show that they're going to release soon. So I don't really know if she's in the field to be hosting The Bachelor quite yet. But I'm sure she'd love to take the job. And then finally, I think it could be like a Ben Higgins. Because Ben has this like fatherly love energy. Very similar to Chris Harrison. Everyone loves Ben Higgins. Like I can't imagine anyone saying something negative about him. Um... Yeah, so, and he lives in Colorado, but he just seems like the sort of guy who would do anything. So, anyway, I would love your predictions. Do you think it would be Allie, Ashley, or Ben, or someone else? Or do you really think Chris Harrison's going to do this, you know, till death? Or they stop the show? Let me know. Let me know. Um, It's been so fun chatting with you. And I can't wait to recap episode one of Hannah's season. Until then... Have a great day and go pursue your dreams with love.